Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the undercover underdog himself, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. We really hoped this whole World Trumpet Federation thing might catch on. Well, seems like it kind of has. We are overwhelmed by the positive feedback, emails, shoutouts, and other kudos we've been receiving from trumpet players and non-trumpet players alike. In fact, it's hard to just be our anonymous selves, no offense, Brian, anymore, and that's kind of cool. Trumpet celebrity, who'd have thunk it? But don't let that fool you. We are as accessible as ever. Just send an email to theopenbell at gmail.com and find out. And don't be surprised when you get an answer. You could go to the website, www.worldtrumpetfederation.com. You'll see. It's all right there. It'll make your trumpeting life better. And of course, you could join us here weekly on the Open Bell Podcast to get the truth about trumpet and lots of other information, too. And by Dylan Music. We are proud of our connection with Dylan Music, and we're grateful for their continued support of the Open Bell. You see... We truly believe in the products, service, and attention you get when you choose Dylan for your trumpet and all-around musical needs. Since 1992, Steve Dylan has been providing world-class service for musicians who need new gear, accessories, or even a bit of advice on their purchase. Steve and his team are standing by to serve you and make sure you are a happy, satisfied customer. Call 732-634-3399 and ask for Jim McCombs. If it's mouthpiece work you need, ask Brother Jim to put you in touch with Perry Sutton. Of course, you can also go to www.dylanmusic.com 24-7 to see their incredible inventory and use that promo code OPENBELL5 to get 5% off your entire accessories order. Now, we always recommend going to the store in person, but if you can't get to Woodbridge, just call them or find them online to get access to everything that Dylan's has to offer. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to uncover, unveil, and underline information that we believe should be ubiquitous for unrivaled trumpet players and underling cornetists. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, warming up is brought to you by Chopsaver, that perfect all-natural lift treatment created by the inventor, entrepreneur, and trumpeter Dan Gosling. And once again, with all this cold weather, I was so grateful to have my Chopsaver there in my pocket, ready to protect me from the elements. And I picked up that little tube of magic, and I thought, isn't she lovely? Oh, wow. oh man! Isn't she wonderful? Are you going Stevie this early? Isn't she oh, precious? Man. Wow! And it was a new container, so I thought. Less than one minute old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I was doing a little Stevie Wonder research here the past couple days. And, as, one, uh, for an, as one does. As one does. Another project. And uh, yeah. And so there it is. I was inspired. That's amazing. All right. True Chop Saver story this past weekend. I'm we St. Louis, and it's somewhere around five below a million degrees below zero <laughs> and i pull out my chop saver before i'm going to walk out open up and that's it i'm at the end of the tube oh. i hate when i travel and forget to check first 
Well, this is why I've told you guys this is why you got to buy them in the box. Because extras. then what I do, I've got one in my left front pocket, but then I always put one in my trumpet case, one in my backpack, like one in my luggage. So I'm right there backstage. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Boom. Zip. Pull one out of the side of my <laughs> trumpet case. One. Ready to go. No problem. That's why you got to buy by the yeah. box. If you buy by one, you may not know when it's about to be empty. I have a chop saver story, too, but I'm going to wait because it's part of my warming up. <laughs> wow. Foreshadowing. So foreshadowing. Listen, there's that a little bit. I know. Now everybody's on the edge of their chairs. I know, right? <laughs> now, listen, Wondering what's going to come next. If you want to protect your lovely face, go to www.chopsaver.com and use the promo code BELL. Promo, promo code. You get 15% off your order of Chop Saver. And now for a man who is a wonder to all who meet him. <laughs> People do wonder a lot after meeting him. Yes, they do. Wonder. People wonder. They say to me, I wonder, is Brian really like you guys say he is? <laughs> or is he the wonder bread of trumpet players? They'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I went away for uh, this past week. Uh, Sarah and I went away to a cabin. It was our kind of vacation. We saw maybe 15 people the whole week. Wow. <laughs> Other people go to Disney where you're right. surrounded by That's millions just a of terrible people. idea. No. Nope. You know where there are the, the fewest population density uh, like yeah. in the nation. It was awesome. We stayed in a cabin near Shenandoah National Park and we got a pass to the park and um went hiking. But it was interesting because we've entered contest season with the brass band. So now and it's so, time to contest. I think you I'm, mean contest season. Yeah. I'm doing lots of repetitions on cornet parts on test pieces and it was a one-room cabin <laughs> oh my <laughs> so i bet she enjoyed there, that was there electricity yeah yeah we had electricity okay, good, we had good. there was even wi-fi it was a okay, nice fireplace sometimes you people do like the real camping thing which is we have just done hideous. that too <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh so she i think she's memorized the test piece now <laughs> she's ready she, she's ready she's ready she, yeah after 31 years she she really she put up with puts up with a lot but she this week i think really stressed her out so you guys Go were near, you went to luray caverns went to luray caverns okay yes. i've been down there yeah that's pretty yeah. cool like you're underground but it's freaky it was yeah, I, um, unbelievable it I'll was just amazing look at the pictures I'm oh good. You don't, don't. You don't do those things, but I don't. It's, I don't really need to be underground. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> the caverns are four hundred million years old, almost as old as Bill. Yeah, yes. that's why his problem is. That's, that's why his I want to get down there. It's like Can, nope, hey, too young. They could that could cave in any time. I remember yeah. when they came out with those things. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was in high school when they opened the caverns. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look what we made. Big deal. Yeah. It was amazing. I I didn't wake up, I, you know, as early because, you know, and it was a little cold to be out in the in the car practicing in the morning. So I just did a little bit in the morning. Uh, then we did went out, did our stuff, did our hiking. And then I came back and I did, you know, the big the big practice in the afternoon. But so many repetitions on cornet. And she's like, yeah, she was a little stressed out by it. Um, but after doing... 31 years, where's she going? She's, you know, was right. that open practice me? And how were you running that? I used a practice mute. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I did a yeah. practice mute. She was on her phone scrolling and reading and stuff, but yeah. We just cooked there in the cabin. We didn't go out to any meals. It was it was just a great away great from week. people. Yeah. It was it was a great week. The only thing problem only problem was it wasn't two weeks. No. 
That's in the Smokies, right? That's where you went? Uh, no. So it's the Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue Ridge. There so we, we go. drove, yeah, we drove the whole Skyline Drive, um, nice. which dead ends into, uh, sh- what, what is it? Skyline Drive's over Shenandoah and it in the Blue Ridge Parkway. Mm-hmm. It dead ends into the Blue Ridge Parkway in nice. Waynesboro, Virginia. Yeah, I've been down that way so many times and I've always threatened to take the Skyline Drive thing and I've never done it. Yeah, you just buy a day pass. We bought yeah. a week pass. It was 30 bucks for the car for the week. And we did a family thing there years and years ago when, like, when Jamie was little. Like, My mother's like, I'm getting one of these houses that sleeps like 24 people. Okay, right. So we all went there. Right. And, uh, but that's where we went to those caverns. It was cool. It, it yeah. was amazing. There's an organ in the caverns. Yeah. A guy built an organ. Oh. It It has little hammers. It's Man, how many acres? 24 acres. It's the largest instrument in the world because of where it's stretched. And then they pipe in, they put in little speakers and they pipe in the sounds. The little hammer hits the stalactites, stalagmites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stalactites are the ones on the top. Mites yes. Right. The bottom. Mites on That's the bottom. exactly right. Well. Yeah. yeah. You remember it's that a... because they hang on tight. That's how the, those no, are. No, the because they're on top. Yeah, no. T for top. So like tight. Yeah. They tight, hang in tight. They, oh. they grow. This is. <laughs> Great information. You, you guys are the they worst. grow. <laughs> they grow at one inch every 120 years. Wow! Now see now that's that's where you're really thinking long term. Yeah, <laughs> that's patience. That's, that's right. Patience. I'm working here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hmm. It's about the same pace as Brian's range development. It's exactly that's right. Man. That's what I was thinking. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Joey. No, it's what, my what, range development slower than that. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, what do you have to get us out of the mountains? Uh, yeah, the, I'm back into the uh, orchestral world. So the past two weekends, I, I know I've been talking about going out to Houston, St. Louis, which I did kind of back to back. Now, here's the weirdest part of this. as And, you know, I like to, to, to think about and, and practice versatility. So I get down to Houston thinking I'm playing a Pops concert with the orchestra, and it is not. It is a <laughs> it's not big, a Pops concert? No, it's a big band concert. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah. So I get down there, I walk on stage, I'm like, uh, no strings? Where's the rest of the orchestra? And they're like, yeah, and and the conductor, who's uh, uh, Steven Reineke, he's a great pops conductor, lives in New York, does New York pops and things there. Uh, he's a regular down in Houston as well. He got very sick. So he last minute said, I'm not going to make it. And I said, hold on a second, no strings, no conductor? And no wagger. This is mm. the greatest gig ever. <laughs> so uh, we're down there with Tony DeSere, who's wow. a, a, a terrific uh, singer, pianist, songwriter. Um, so we essentially did a big band show with him at the piano out in front of the band doing a lot of Sinatra bassy stuff, which was amazing and a lot of fun. That sounds fun. So I got turned around very, very, very quickly to come home, do the first day of school here, and then drive out to St. Louis, where Leonard Slatkin was conducting two different programs at the St. Louis Symphony that were kind of weird. So <laughs> one of them included uh, an Ellington piece that I've never heard of about uh, called Three Black Kings. Um, and then I did not know that Stravinsky wrote a clarinet concerto for Woody Herman. Oh, yes. Called the Ebony Concerto. Ebony Concerto. Yeah, that, was, that was odd. Mm-hmm. And I was also playing assistant to Tom Drake. Now, Tom retired this year, but he was back as they you know, needed five trumpets for this program. So Tom came back in and I came in. Uh, and he played uh, principal in this Kurt Vile Three Penny Opera medley, and we be play some assistant. There's some quick mute things back and forth. So, boy, you talk about a wide <laughs> variety. I go from playing essentially lead on like a bassy and Sinatra show, 
And then I'm playing fourth trumpet on this Stravinsky Ebony Concerto with the <laughs> St. Louis Symphony with like, you know, Slatkin right in front of us going, now what we need here, you know. <laughs> so this is, this is my back-to-back weeks, but this is when the cold snap happened. And boys, this is like that chop saver, which Bill was hinting at. I'm telling you, there yeah. it was. Like yep. cold snap, snow's coming. It's literally below zero outside. Yep. You don't want your face out there. Your face will just start peeling right off. Little chop saver. That's why you keep the spare in your trumpet case. Keep a spare every other place, and blam, 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 and I'm totally fine. Still wearing All shorts. Is good. Well, yeah. I mean, I had to wear <laughs> I had to wear pants for the concerts. Right. That's terrible. But uh, yeah, when that's going to change. I, when I when I did come out for, uh, I was packing up my car to get out of St. Louis. So I walked down, and this woman just looked at me and said, "It's a little cold for shorts." And I'm like, "I don't think so." So <laughs> now, you say, apparently not. No, Saturday was an audition day here, and a, a student that I know who's from out in the Virginia area texted me, and it's it's you know five below and snowy and windy, and he says, "Is it still shorts weather here?" I said, "Yes, absolutely, it's shorts weather." <laughs> okay, good to know. Thank you so very much. Yes, of course it's shorts weather. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm? But concerts and their dress codes, you have to, you know. You have to do that. All, put on the all black, wear pants. How does the Mini do in the snow? Great. My min, oh, my car is a four, it's all-wheel drive. Yeah. yeah, but still pretty light. Doesn't oh. skate? No, I, it, it, it's good. Nice. It's no Subaru. <laughs> It's saying. no Corolla. <laughs> no, my well, Corolla's in the shop. Thank I, God. We had to take the Subaru. We had to take the Outback. Thank God that nothing had, else wait, is a Corolla. Had to, you had to take the really nice car that had you owned. Take the you didn't have to. You got yeah. to. That's she a great car. You weren't going to take the Corolla on that trip. I think because we were driving up and down and in the mountains and there was possibility of snow and ice, we were going to take Or, the... and I'm just going to throw it out there, be in it for more than six minutes. <laughs> How are your it's hips, a short Bill? drive to work. I'm, crippled. I'm crippled from this. <laughs> that, still feeling it? Long-term damage from that drive from yeah. Nashville. Still working that out? Doing your exercises Brian, in Brian the morning? Brian realized it too, yeah. Yeah, we got out. going to therapy. At Bucky's. I was like, oh, man. Oh, I was like, see? <laughs> I told you. It's oh. just the weirdest angle. It is. They it's just difficult. don't know. It's terrible. No, it's Especially an angle for old that's people encouraging like you to not be in the car. <laughs> it's that's trying to lead point. you out of the car. Yeah. That's why it's so yeah. green. Yeah. yeah. All right, but what do you got for, what do you got for hate, us this morning? hate driving. I was, I'm just going to put it out there this past week, wagging. Wagging. Wagger. Wagger in I the wagged. first degree. Last weekend, I'm wagged. This past weekend, and and I'm wagging again this weekend. <laughs> wow! Do you How's know your where, shoulder? Do you, do you even know where your trumpets are? I feel good. Sh- yeah, I take them with me. I play. He doesn't use them. Yes, I do. Yes, you can ask. You can ask. In fact, I, I'm sure I'll have student. There's going to be at least one student who I'm going to talk about today who might even write into the podcast and verify. That I played. Now that you did actually play. What she's going to say is she couldn't wait to tell Brian how much cornet I played. Oh no! <laughs> this festival. That wow. is awesome. I she I realized later she's going to call me out on this. But I this I I don't think we've done this before. But so I'm out doing a festival. It's a district band, District Nine band up in northeastern Pennsylvania. Beautiful country, amazing people. I had a blast with these kids. They were northeastern awesome. Pennsylvania. It's a really good outlet mall up there. Did you go to that? Yeah, no, I didn't. Get I was good working. shoes up there. Go well, shoe shopping. Brian, shoe Brian, shopping you wanna, Brian, you want to go shoe shopping? <laughs> Stop this car right now. I know that. I know that area well. So and uh, anyway, shout out 
to someone who might be our first super fan, Madison Palmer. All right, Madison. I, I think you just offended my mother. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I get there, and a friend of mine, Mason Stiver, fellow trumpet player, um, and he goes, man, the podcast, you know, he's all in, and he's repeating stuff to me, and, you know, we're talking about it a little bit. And he goes, and Madison, the trombone, first-year trombone player, huge fan. Trombone player. He's, awesome. he's a trombone player. Good for Madison. So, and of course, I sent you guys a couple of pictures yeah. and yes. all that. And then then I had, she was, like, so into the podcast thing. I'm like, I need to do something for her. So I gave her my World Trumpet Federation Possibles bag out of my yeah. case. Oh, nice. Like, I dumped my stuff into a Ziploc. I'm like, here. And. I put, had in there a brand new chop saber, and I thought, well, this would be the whole package, right? Oh, yeah. Just with the yeah. chop saber, because then, you know. And so she opens it up, takes she goes, oh, I already used this. So she pulls hers out of her pocket. <laughs> nice. I mean. She's killing it. She's, she's killing it. She's on in. every level. Every level. Yeah. Oh, so anyway. Good job, Shout Madison. out to Madison Palmer. Good job, Madison. WTF fan. Open Bell fan. Yeah. Doing and, it right. Uh, loyal listener. Yeah. How loud did she play? Player. I, she played great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Not loud enough for you. Know, not to, up to your standard, Brian. She didn't bury the, all the win, wins. No, no. She's very musical. Okay. No well, offense to you. Brian's personally. goal is Brian's goal is to kill the clarinets. Kill the yeah, clarinets. Just <laughs> decibels. Right. Sheer decibels. <laughs> anyway, had a great time with those uh, those students and looking forward to this weekend. So now wait, where are you wagging this weekend? This week, well, I don't know. I need to get a ruling on this if it's really wagging. This is a uh -oh. district jazz it's, festival. If you have so, to ask, it's, yeah, it's, well, it, it's wagging. Oh, it's I mean, a jazz really. festival. It's so a jazz festival. When so the concert comes around, you're not wagging, but you're wagging in really. rehearsal. I mean, wagging is broad definition of what wagging actually is. <laughs> Does yeah. the baton case come with you? I don't have a baton <laughs> case. I have said this. I think they're in my year, case. When when I did. Delaware's All-State Jazz Band last year, I believe you two called me waggers then. Well, it was yeah. our and I don't even shot. have a baton. <laughs> right. Well, you I use would a pencil? hope not for that. Yeah. You have a pencil, though, that you keep using. No, I can right? snap that's on two and four. <laughs> that's yeah. all you need. So that's, that's not really wagging. Maybe we should just say I'm out snapping this weekend. There you are. <laughs> yeah. I like that. We could do that instead. Yeah. Anyway. All right, boys. It's game time. Oh, oh no. no. I'm afraid. A little family feud for trumpet. <laughs> Excellent. Hi, Joey. That how long was the sur survey? That bumper. I didn't <laughs> you, see that coming you at didn't all. See, you know, I thought I, I thought really you didn't. I thought you would have kind of figured that one out. So I thought but. the mix of Flugel and B flat was <laughs> <laughs> outstanding. I'm glad you noticed. I think it's a real time and care there. And wow, that key. <laughs> Well, what other key would you choose? <laughs> I know that. I think this time you got it right. So, well, I appreciate it. I know that. sometimes I, I question that. your key choices, but that. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, for those, that... who, don't, for those who don't know, a couple weeks ago, we, uh, <laughs> we, had, we had an all that jazz game. Mm -hmm. So I took the tune. All that jazz. Made yeah. a little recording. Sent it out to, which I always do. Yeah. Yep. Hey, what like, do you think? All right, what do, what do you think? How's this going to work? Mm -hmm. And uh, it was in the key uh, and for B flat trumpet. We talk in B flat trumpet pitch. It was in the key of A. So you know, concert G. <laughs> and Bill <laughs> wrote right back. Really? Not in B flat. 
<laughs> so I happened to be in my office. It was a relatively short thing, and I thought, all right, okay. So I went back, did the whole thing up a half step, and it included a little bit, little bit of a shake on the penultimate note on the F, and sent that. And actually, here's the problem. I actually thought... Oh, he's right. That's better. <laughs> it was better. <laughs> so what you heard a couple weeks ago was actually in B-flat, not in A. Round two. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know how you do something as famous as Family Feud without putting a double C on the end of it, which is what you did. So that's awesome. <laughs> well, how could you not? No, of course. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. This, is the, this has become my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> so I guess the really question is when did you survey a hundred people yeah. if we're about to play this game? I listen, I just spent two days, two and a half days with a with hundred and forty people in this band. Right. Oh my. So you have surveyed 140 middle schoolers from ups there's these high schoolers. High school. Ten through twelve. Yes. 140 high school students, <laughs> high school bands, people were surveyed. This is a nightmare. Right. What could possibly go wrong? All right. Are you guys ready? No, no absolutely not. <laughs> I am not. I am in no way ready for this. All right. You, you, this is going to be easy. Okay. All right. Do we want to do one at a time or do you want to answer all of them as, and then how, come back? How many are there? Ten. Ten questions. What do you think, Ten Brian? questions. Do we go one at a time or do we go all oh. the way down? And is it like five answers per? It's no, it's long. like name one thing. Okay, you know, so that's how family, 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 family Feud does. Yeah, like Family Feud, you go all the way down. The top six answers are top, on the board. Yes, you know, okay. top four answers. And on then top you check answers. your card and see if you get bingo. I didn't get a card. Did you get a card, Brian? I do I have a card it. here. Brian got a card. You got a card? I usually get a card. This is I ridiculous. replied when I got the um, Zoom invitation, which came in at <laughs> 8.04. <laughs> For the 8 o'clock Zoom. <laughs> what time does this 8 o'clock Zoom start? <laughs> just remember, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. <laughs> uh, all right, one okay. at a time or all the way down? What are we doing? Either one. I One at a time. One, one at a time. time. Okay. All right, here we go. Number one. Number one. Name something you might find in Scott's trumpet case. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a trumpet. <laughs> That's right. right. Are we trumpet just answering right off the bat here? I don't know. We could do that, right? All right, Brian, you going first? Yeah, a practice okay. mute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I put several more than three mouthpieces. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> mouthpiece more poster. than three mouthpieces. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That's the number one answer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I put seven C. So, six variations on a seven C. Exactly. Uh, okay, number two. These number are a little bit all over the map. Two. Question two. Question two. Name the best de dessert to have on your birthday. Best dessert to have on your birthday. Okay, yeah, I like, got it. What do you like on your birthday? What do you got, Brian? Chocolate cake. That's incorrect. Um, <laughs> He's given us some thought, Brian. No, the, 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 the correct answer is ice cream cake. And actually, mint chocolate chip uh, ice cream cake is the correct answer. Oh, uh, nope. Now you're yeah. right out. No, because, because you, those you get, two things. You get ice cream and you get cake. No. And it's all together with a frosting. It's the best. That's no question. Chewing your frosting. ice cream is never a thing. 
What do you mean chewing? Oh, Why are you right. chewing? Chew ice cream. Because it's Ice cream is supposed to be smooth. And it is smooth. I like ice cream cake, but I don't, I don't think like you know chocolate. what ice cream cake is. I don't like mint chocolate chip. Mint and chocolate. No. Well, you're wrong about that, and that's no, fine. I mean, you're both wrong because the right answer is apple pie. No. No, it's not. No, yes, it's not. it is. <laughs> it's no, not. You're, you're right out. I don't like Although, cake. Although, this week, we co- we baked one of those, it's very not vegan, Marie Marie Calendar berry pies. Marie pie. Calendar's pies are killing. Oh, really Toledo. Good. Those are really good. Killing. Have you ever done the coconut cream? Marie no. Calendar's frozen coconut cream pie. No. Stupid. It was the berry pie. It was ridiculous i'm sure that sounds like and a good not idea. vegan at all no, no it was not definitely vegan. not vegan yeah I'm kate wasn't sure there there's a steak on top of that we told him <laughs> <laughs> good lord topped with a steak we didn't cheat that much no <sighs> okay Apple question three pie right out that's wrong question Apple pie is the best question three number three name something you wish you didn't like <laughs> Do you two get included in this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you could name either one of us. Uh, I'm I'm just saying spending time with you two. <laughs> <laughs> name something I wish I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know how to answer that. It's a great question, right? It's Brian. Pretty, it's Brian's going to say good. bacon. <laughs> no offense, Jason Sullivan. No offense, <laughs> Dr. Sullivan. Oh. Well, I do say every year, I mean, I'm not upset about it, but boy, I, I run into candy corn wars every single year when it gets to October, and that's the month I allow myself to eat it, and I do like it. Oh, that would be a thing that would be great if you didn't like. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, spending time with you two guys. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's, that's the real it. Answer. That's my answer. Yeah. Oh. The candy corn thing, it has a like how many pieces before you it jumps a shark? No, none. Yeah. Oh, that's really? I love it. Oh yeah, I eat bags of them in, It's I like five or six it's pieces. Like wax. Yeah. No, I like I like it so much that I only allow myself the month of October to eat candy corn and I'm not kidding. I don't wow. eat it's it the rest just... of the year because otherwise I'd be more corn than man. Wow. <laughs> you like it that much? I that's do. a lot of sugar. Yes, it's that's, just that's sugar. why that's it's, it's sugar and wax to hold it together. It, it's, wax, that's why yeah. it's so that's why it's so good. It just tastes like eating wax. Does it no. have actual paraffin in it? I have no idea, but it really tastes great. Probably. He doesn't wow. care. I don't care because really. it tastes so good. It's funny. Wow. Yeah, mine is just carbohydrates. Something no, I wish I didn't no, like. No, there's nothing. Oh, I'm I'm okay with liking pasta. Carbs okay are fine. <laughs> I'm not getting yeah. rid of that. Yeah. I can't stop eating pretzels and Chips. Well, you're in Pennsylvania. I think it's the law. It, it really is. Required. I forgot yeah. how difficult it was to get good pretzels outside of Pennsylvania. Yeah, big pretzels <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> they get you there. They get you. Like yeah. in Texas, forget about it. You can't even find no. pretzels. I didn't even know I liked pretzels till I got out of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question four. Thing. Question four. You can go back in time to hear anyone play a live concert. Who would it be? That's easy. Yeah. Weidinger's premiere of the Haydn. There it is. Nope. Gottfried Reicha playing Brandenburg. Ooh, that'd be tight. Ooh. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. that's very good. That's a, I might need to be a tiebreaker on this one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to go Weidinger just because I really wanted to see if it was really worth all the hype. And what the horn actually sounded like. Yes. yes. I yes. really want to know. Don't get me but wrong. The, that's on the list, but Godfrey but the playing Brandenburg? Thing. Well, Come I like on. it. 
Come on. Wow. Yeah, no, that's probably the winner. There we go. Unlimited more, rehearsals. More points for Joey. At rehearsal. Least. Rehearsal. We talk about rehearsal. rehearsal. We talk about practice. rehearsal. We talk about practice. Right. <laughs> oh man, we're out. The open bell, quoting Ted Lasso, <laughs> toting I, <laughs> quoting Al Iverson. <laughs> All right. Uh, one mouthpiece did Hold you play question in high? Oh, five. sorry. Question number five. Oh shoot, there might be eleven questions. Oh no, you can't <laughs> I, count. Numbers are hard for you. I'm, I have two fours. I didn't even see that. Um, <laughs> He never sees the two four bar. <laughs> the list of topics is the numbering in the list of topics two, is four. hysterical. <laughs> two four always gives me trouble. Uh, what mouthpiece did you play in high school? Oh, that's easy. Brian, what'd you play? I played a one C. I played a three C. Wow. Mm-hmm. I played a Shilky eighteen. <laughs> that explains a lot about your playing. Explain, <laughs> yeah, that explains everything about your playing, and you are out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no, I think I told this story I got to I got to Julia I was studying with Mel Broyles he took a look at my mouthpiece early lesson I mean it's within the first couple weeks of school he says well, come with me we walk over to the nearest locker he pulls out of one of those reamer things and says oh these three C's make these for like 16 year olds <laughs> hands it back to me how old are you 17 <laughs> yeah see that's what I meant let's go <laughs> <laughs> I will say on my list of, of concerts to go back in here would be the Met with broils yeah well i still got to see and, that and pete anything. in the section yeah. right yeah although i think i was before pete but i did get to see mel quite yeah. a few times so and how was that spectacular like a bull in any shop laying no, into I it just li- lighting it on fire and <laughs> enjoying it that was oh, the best part like he was yes. totally into it <laughs> that's so good yeah okay um question six Five B. <laughs> oh no. no. Um, okay, name the biggest trumpet nerd you know. Are we include ourselves in this? Yeah, because you're my vote. Yeah, you're my vote. I think I'm my vote too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just. Who, I think it was meeting uh, Stephen, his new principal, in in, uh, in St. Louis, and we were just chatting over lunch. And I said, "Listen, I'm like, I'm like the biggest trumpet geek you've ever met." He goes. Really? I kind of thought it was me. I'm like, no, it's not close. Not so, close. No. I don't even know him. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely me. Nope. Let's leg wrestle for it right now. <laughs> it means all we I get had to all say the is, points, right? All I, all I had to say is, how many horns have you played today? And I said, I'm on, I'm on the road, and I'm at seven. So <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, name something you do when it snows. Question seven. <laughs> Question seven. Name something you do when it's five C. <laughs> Name something you do when it snows, Brian. I bake bread. Oh, I oh. end up shoveling the driveways. First thing out, I got to get oh. out of my yeah. Those are our number one answer. Practice. <laughs> well, I have we to folded. shovel the driveway so that I can get out of my house and get to my office. And All right, because you actually have to go somewhere to yeah, practice. I have to come yeah. in and practice. My the horns aren't in my house. I know. I'm still carrying it back and forth. No. I know. No. I think my neighbors think I go on vacation every day. Right. Like I, it looks like I'm carrying like suitcases <laughs> out to the car every day. Right. Your office is not that far from your house. You're either. transporting drugs. How Bill far tra- is your office from your house? Bill must travel for work. Um, and miles? Yeah. I don't know. One point five. 
Yeah, why are you packing up? You could walk that in thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, if it was if it were level, it would be ridiculous it's for hilly. me to drive to yeah, work. It is, it is pretty hilly. I've thought about biking in, but it's uphill both ways. It's yeah. literally uphill both ways. <laughs> yeah, I've, I when it's nice, I bike in and out of here. But yeah, but it, and for me, it's four and a half. But it's it's not a bad ride. Yeah, I'll check the mileage today. I've I haven't had a chance to check it yet. I've only been doing this commute for. This what? particular commute for yeah. t- about twenty-two years. Yeah, you'll fig- you'll f- you'll figure it out one of these days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. All right. Question eight. Seven B. Question eight. Wait, no, sorry, seven C. Five D. No, there's mm-hmm. no seven C. That's right out. <laughs> That's right out. Name something you do when it's raining. <laughs> I think I know where this is going. <laughs> Brian. Something do you, you bake do bread then raining. too? Make Marie yeah. calendar pies? Go go running. <laughs> no, practice. Go biking. Yeah, number gotta one answer. Your... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to go cycling. You got to earn your badge. <laughs> wow. Number one answer, practice. Practice, there it is. yes. Mm-hmm. I do remember the first time I got caught out. Like I went out and it was a perfectly clear sky doing like maybe like just a 10 mile ride and mm-hmm. about mile six. So I've turned and I've headed back. The skies <laughs> open up and I made a video and sent it to you guys. I remember. <laughs> this is the worst. You, I hate both of you. But you earned your badge. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got, got a badge. badge. Come on. Got badge you got your that. badge for that. There's a badge for that. Yeah. All right. Question nine. Question nine. Name something you might bring on a camping trip. <laughs> wow Brian a cornet um, okay okay first do I get to say I'm not going on a camping trip so can I say like a hotel room <laughs> no you can't bring a hotel room on a camping trip can I bring electricity <laughs> oh, f- hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a generator. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. knew it was gonna. Yeah. And our number one answer, survey says, people practice. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine. What is that your was, favorite? That was number. That nine. was. Oh, sorry. Question ten. Question number ten. What is your favorite kind of cupcake? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, so many to choose from. <laughs> 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 Uh, Brian, you got a favorite cupcake? A vegan Reese's peanut butter cup. Incorrect. Wow. Um, (laughs) Again, Brian, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Anything that starts with vegan, right out. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Uh, No, vanilla frosted right there. I'm going to have to agree with vanilla frosted. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Survey says that's the number one answer. It has too much. Do Do you break it in half and do it as a sandwich? No, just eat it like a person. You don't need to. Cupcakes are not hard to eat. These, these like newfangled videos of about like, this. Hey, look at this little secret you can do. You can just eat a cupcake. Brian, what are you saying about the what sandwich? Well, and you, you break take off the, the bottom, bottom. You break the bottom off. Put it on top so that the top. frosting is in the middle, oh, and it's like a frosting s- sandwich. Oh, the stump. Which is the ridiculous. Stump. Just eat the yeah. cupcake. <laughs> don't make eating cupcakes hard. Yeah, see, I would eat I the ice. I love that Joey's thought about this so much. He has. <laughs> Makes me it so doesn't mad. matter what it is. Makes me so mad. He's giving it some thought. I'm <laughs> definitely giving it some thought. They could invent something new tomorrow, it'd be on the news, and he'd go, well, here's Hold the on. thing about that. <laughs> Hold on. I'm giving this some thought. got a thought. couple things. Yes. A couple things for you guys. Yeah. 
I don't know. I like to eat the top of the cupcake first because it's too sweet, and no. then the, the that's then why you, you eat it with the cupcake so that they balance. That's why it's made some, that way. I need some without icing to finish. Yeah, the ratio the ratio is a little too. Well, no, then yeah. you're not getting too a good enough cupcake. Get icing, a better no. cupcake. Then when that's done, eat a pretzel. Because I need the salt. Now, what's the your, salt. Are you are you an, are you an Utz guy? Like, or, I need the salt. Uh, what's your what's your love the Utz's? Uh, I love oh. the splits. Right now are my the favorite. Splits. Okay. There you go. Yeah, the splits. Yeah, those are awesome. Okay. Uh, question uh, eleven. Sure. Have you ever designed a mouthpiece? No offense, <laughs> Joey. Oh my god. Yes, you can look it up by my name. I'm yes. So, on the picket picket I think website. It's something that Brian and I I'm both so have mad. done. I'm so mad at you guys. (laughs) You can actually go on and buy the Stominator and pick it brass. Yeah, and if you, I mean, and and Brian's obviously done some amazing work with the the brass band cornet pieces. And that's right. Yeah. If you if you actually talk to talk to Peter Pickett about the mouthpiece, he actually plays himself for E flat (laughs) cornet. I just want you to ask him. Where he got the idea for that? And I've he will tell him. you with a straight face. I came up with it totally on my own. He <laughs> did. He will tell you that. Yes. He said. He Thank told me his cat. It. He got it from his there cat. It is. There it is. <laughs> no wait, no, that's someone else. Never mind. Oh my god! Wow. Well, boys, you did great with that game. And again, Joey, outstanding bumper. As always, I am to please. You know I mean? Well done. The way you drilled the end of that double C was just phenomenal. <laughs> oh my All right, boys. Time for a couple things. Mouthpieces. You know them, you love them, you can't live without them. But man, understanding them can be crazy. That's why today's episode is devoted to clearing the air, providing information, dispelling fear, and making sure you understand some of the things that really matter. We're going to put this more down the middle of the road than your grandfather on his last silver alert. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> boys let's talk about mouthpieces let's. joey you can just you can just leave it, joey, leave it brian to us. and i we, we've got, got this you, you guys cover. i mean let's check out the amount of expertise you bring to this <laughs> I th- here's the thing documented expertise i'd like you to say because yes. we that's right Brian's yeah. actually mentioned on a website for the one yeah, he did. Exactly. Right. And and he's got Bill, one named after and him. And we, mine's all, got we, a name know, we all know how you got to the mouthpiece you're playing right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How did this happen? <laughs> this is why I've been waiting for this topic for so long. <laughs> now, I did I will say this. I had a great start with this. Uh, it's amazing to me how many people we encounter who don't know anything about mouthpieces. Right. Uh, and and music educators too because it's one of those things where you don't have you know all the things we have to deliver we don't have time to get into the into the weeds on this so much like in a brass methods course Mm -hmm. but my undergrad teacher this was a hobby for him like he had binders he had measured every any and every mouthpiece he could get his hands on wow and had all these statistics about like the width of the cup you know, the rim and other stuff, too, that he called like bite, like yeah. the bite, you know, the way the rim hits. The, sure. The other terms we throw around. And yeah. so I, I feel fortunate because from like early on, this was part of the discussion. I felt like I understood it. All right. So you, you know want to give mean? us a little overview? Well, I'm just saying like, so ultimately what you need to know is that every part of the mouthpiece 
has an impact on the sound. And, and for today's purposes, maybe we break it down the rim of the mouthpiece. Right. Right? Yeah. Yep. The cup of the mouthpiece. Sure. The throat. Yep. So the opening in the bottom of the cup and the back bore. Right. Yep. Now, the shank can have an impact, but only that you make sure you have the right one, like a Yamaha shank for a Yamaha flugel mouthpiece or yeah. something like, you know, you need to make sure the fit is good. Right. And then I, I feel like we'll probably end up having to get into the Reeves thing for a minute anyway to explain least, what it at is, cover, at least yeah. mention it. All right, but, but, those, profile. but I, I agree, like, those are the four big parts. Like, the rim is yeah. what's touching your face. Right. Right. And the cup is what's right below that, the opening, you know, little bowl there, or whatever shape that's going to be. Mm-hmm. The throat is the hole there, and then the backbore is how that throat opens up to the end of the mouthpiece. Yes. And so... Back to back to the rim. Yeah. I, well, so I, I think, and we'll see if you guys agree. I don't think we've talked about this in this great detail, but flatter rim, clearer articulation, more narrow rim or rounded rim, better for flexibility. Hmm. I, I agree with that. Yeah, generally speaking, that, that's yep. true. Yeah, and generally the Bach, speaking. The Bach rims, the Bach-style mouthpieces tend to be a little flatter and like the Shilky Yamaha vibe tend to have that sort of a high point in the middle and feel more rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah agree that's with that. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally and speaking, right. Shilky in particular. Very generally yeah. speaking, yeah. And Pickett's stuff is sort of a hybrid, <laughs> right? Like yeah. the, it's just a little softer feel, but it's not a really rounded rim. I... I used to have with my early mouthpieces with Peter had Bach rims and then he did whatever he wanted to under that. Yeah. But then I switched to his rim probably about five, six years ago and never looked back. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. His, his, the, the British cornet mouthpiece rims are narrow. Like there's not a lot of metal there. Well, that's the but way you prescribed it. Yeah. yeah. But they're, but they're very comfortable, <laughs> but they're very comfortable. Right. Like the, the width isn't a problem. And I and I also play you know, a lot of Carl Hammond's mouthpieces, which are yes. interesting because Carl was Shilke's mouthpiece guy for several years. Yeah, and, and then went out on his own. And I think you know, similar to Peter, has found a, a sort of in between part, which a lot of people like, including me. Which is, I think he's leaning much more towards the Bach feel and size and shape. Yeah, but I actually like I actually like how they feel and work better. And I, I would say that too. Like he, he doesn't lean shilky in the in the feel of the rim, right? Like of a Hammond rim, it doesn't go that way at all. And we should say this too, as as we'll work our way in here to numbering, sort of the gold <laughs> standard numbering thing is kind of really Bach. I think we can agree the Bach system is the is sort of it is how we sort of default. And I think just because yeah. they've been around so long. But the interesting part is shilky is completely backwards. They're the right. opposite of Bach. Like you know, we think of a you know, one being big and, you know, uh, for a Bach numbering and, and 10 being smaller where, you know, in, in Shoki, you know, if you want to get to somewhere in, in the three range, you're up in the 11, 12 range. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. it's really a little loopy. And I played for a minute in undergrad school. I played a Shoki 16 C4. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I've got this. Did. It's just like the 14 A4A, A4A right? right? Exactly. So yes. the 14, the equivalent is what? The 7-ish? Kind of. Kind of? Maybe, yeah. Right. Um, 
A, shallow cup. Yeah. Whereas with Bach, A would be the deepest cup they would, would be make. Deep cup, right. Right. Four, A4, right, mm -hmm. would be the rim, right? I thought I'm 14 was sure. the rim size. Well, that's the diameter. Right, of the rim. So like a, like a 16 C4, the 16 is a C cup, so 16 diameter, C cup, four is a flat rim. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. And the Shilke of 14 it. is the diameter, A is a shallow cup, Four is a flat rim, flat rim, and then the other A is a narrow backboard. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's small and tight and small and tight. Right. So, yeah. So that those numbers, you can just trace those along for any one. But the box system, you, it's, I'm not saying it's clearer because they're just machine numbers. Like, what do they right. mean? You know, right. like they're, they're drill bit sizes. Well, right. Essentially, it, you have the, you know, the one being the largest size rim. And then the A being the largest size cup. And so, you know, if you keep moving, it keeps getting smaller. I mean, it yeah. really is just that simple for Bach. Right. So if you're going right. one, you know, one C, which a lot of people play, mm -hmm. you know, and then you went to three C, well, that's going to be a little bit smaller, generally yeah. speaking. Right. And then if you get to seven E, that's going to be smaller rim and smaller cup. Smaller and shallow. Right. Well, I remember one of the horns I had as a kid. It might have been that first Olds Ambassador I had. Uh, had one of those old-looking mouthpieces in it that's probably a 7-something, yeah, you know what right. I mean? And the other was a Bach 10 and a half c Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That is small. Right. <laughs> it's pretty tiny, yes. That is a tiny mouthpiece. And lots of lead players like that 10 and a half c Those were, those were used <laughs> quite a bit back in the 50s, 60s, seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, too. Like, as time has gone, I mean, the mouthpiece sizes generally have gotten bigger, right? Because back in the day, as we're saying, those small mouthpieces were the thing. Yeah, but on the commercial Smaller. side, on the commercial side, there's still lots of people out there going uh, as small as they can get to and, and play. Right, yeah. But on, on, the, on the, for lack of a better term, classical side, yeah, I, I think sort of as a negative, there's this perception that, well, yeah, you, and people have said this out loud, you should be playing the biggest mouthpiece you can play. I'm like, no. You should always be looking for the right fit. Yeah. Which is where I think we're headed here, right? Because yeah, we're, we're sure. still Absolutely. basically just talking about the rim, right? Because essentially to overstate, to overstate every one of these things, rim, cup, throat, and back pour, you know, the larger you make that, you know, essentially the more overtones you can get into your sound. Right. And the smaller gives you maybe a little bit easier access to more of the range of the horn, generally speaking. Generally speaking, yeah. all four of those yeah. things do the same thing. But sure. if you make all four of them as big as possible, that's virtually unplayable. And if you make all things as f small as possible, it's also virtually also. unplayable. Yeah. Yeah. And so you figure the mouthpiece itself needs to be balanced right. in some way. And then that has to be balanced with the kind of horn that you play or the way that your horn plays. And also the way you play. Right. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> well, let, let me say this now, since, since I happen to say this. This is, this is why signature mouthpieces confuse me. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, the idea that because player X uses this exact mouthpiece with this rim, this cup, this throat, this backboard, and they found that to be ideal for them is based in large part on, one, how they approach the horn and how they play, and two, the instrument that they happen to be playing. Mm-hmm. If you are not that person, it might be a stretch to go, well, that's probably also the perfect match for me. <laughs> right? I'm going to sound just like that. 
Right. Now, there are big guidelines there that can lead you in the right direction. But right. the idea of a one-to-one relationship is probably <laughs> unusual. And, you know, people, and including me, have often compared these to shoes. Right? Mm. The idea Shocking. That, yeah, that I know. Brian and I are going shoe shopping right now. Oh, but, you know, like, like the, I, I'm six foot three and I wear size 13 shoes. So if somebody right. who is five foot one and says, well, you know, I want the same shoes as Joey and, and they were like size seven and they put on my shoes, that's not probably not going to work too well for them. Not going to help them. Yeah. No. We drove from Indiana to Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and went to immediately went to three shoe stores. Well, okay, let's be clear. You're only telling half of the story. We got there early because we were supposed to meet the boys at the airport, and they weren't there yet. Right. Right. So we had time to kill. I so was we corralling did what, everyone else. We did what anybody should do, which is go to the mall and shoe go shopping. shoe shopping and shoe oh shop. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes that's exactly sense. right. I don't understand the problem, Brian. Now, when I was in Houston. I did go to, there's a mall down there I go to because they have like at least four really good shoe stores. I found a pair, I found a pair of, uh, of Trey Young shoes. Oh, bright oh, pink, yeah. but they're, they're like slip-ons. The problem is the slip-on part up at the top doesn't go wide enough to get my foot in. Oh. Right. So I put, I'm trying them on in the store. They had 13s. I'm like, I'm totally buying these shoes. Well, Trey Young amazing. obviously has skinny feet. And so the woman comes over and says, so what do you think? I said, I can't get my foot in those. She goes, yeah, a lot of people have that problem with these. I've been hearing that a bunch. I'm like, oh. <laughs> So I did, not, I did not buy them. So Who knew? Yeah. Trey yeah. Young had skinny feet. He's got skinny feet. How about it? So yeah. That means everyone should wear those and just jam your feet into it. Make it work. Exactly. Yeah. Wedge them in there. Make it work. Squeeze them in, and then I'll be able to play like Trey Right. So t- generally what we're saying is we're just helping you understand that when people start throwing numbers around, kind of how those numbers work. And yeah, and what these different parts of the mouthpieces do. Yeah, right. and so when we say like we like the five B, I like the five B for beginners in place of the seven C. Yeah. Yes, a little more diameter than the seven, a little deeper cup than the seven. Yeah, a little so more, a chance more to around. resonate more, and as Joey says, put more overtones in your sound. Right, and a little more easier access, so you don't have to, right. you know, because generally speaking, at, at at the highest levels of drum playing, if you're playing something that's really really super small, you need to be playing in a way where you have a lot of control over what you're doing to be able to do that right Right. and so when you're first starting you don't have that kind of control you want something that's going to give you a little bit of leeway a little bit of and i use this term a lot in trumpet playing margin of error because if you're playing something that's super super big you don't have a lot of margin of error because you've got to be set up and strong enough to handle that if you're playing super something super small, you also have to be set up and strong enough to handle that. You don't have a ton exactly. of margin of error. Where if you're playing yeah. something in the middle and, you know, you don't have all of that control or all of that strength and you're learning, you want something that's going to give you a little bit of access and some leeway where if it's not exactly right, it's still going to work and you're still going to be able to make yeah. some progress. I I also like, and we've talked about this before, but I like the 5B because there's a good chance that students are not going to move on to the next mouthpiece in time. Right. Like right. they're going to forget about it. This is my mouthpiece. Right. That's why, yeah, and so but that's a mouthpiece that could sustain a student at least through high school until they got to college and got a teacher. A five B sure. could do that. I mean, moving to the three C and now hopefully if you're understanding the diameters. Right. So three, a little bit bigger. C, a little bit not as deep as the five B. Right. right. Middle, middle of the road. Right. Right. Yeah. You get a little bit, a little bit more width, but not as much depth, frankly. Right. And, and then. And the, and the 3C mm-hmm. is that for trumpet players who are 
practicing and, and interested in and doing stuff has sort of become one of those things that lots and lots and lots of people play as yep. it's generally a really good middle of the road mouthpiece that can do a lot of things really well for lots Great of players. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you know, and, I, and sure. that's not to say that for everyone. We're speaking always in general terms, and it's hard to talk about these things, but we're taking our best shot here. But that yep. 3C for lots of people, you know, like when I was in high school, I was playing this in orchestra and band and jazz band. You know, it, it wasn't until I met Vince DiMartino. I was 15, and I was playing lead on this, and I was playing nice big high Gs on this. And he said, yeah. hey, this is working, but, you know, if you're going to keep going, you may want to think about finding something for lead playing separate from this. And mm -hmm. going another direction. I came home, was talking to my teacher. He's like, it's not a bad idea. Let's look and find some stuff. You know, because it was working just fine. But if I want to keep going, yeah. eh, that might not be the right place. And it wasn't for me. Now, for someone else, maybe it could have been. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah. We, used, we go to that place, you know, as a good place to start because it works so well for, for so many people. And if you're not one of those people, this is why you got to find yourself a good teacher and somebody to work with to go like, oh, that's not working. Let's try something else. Yeah. For sure. But it is a good place for people to start and they totally. should start and then figure out what about that mouthpiece seems to be restricting your development. Yeah. Now, let's talk about that. Right. Because yeah. we talked about the rim and that's what that's the most obvious part is that's the part yeah. that you touch. It's the interface. Yeah. Right. So you're going to know whether that feels good, feels foreign, feels completely out of whack. And well, it'll the... feel natural if they've been playing it for a long time. It'll feel natural. Right. So. Yeah. But then the cup New is the next might part. Feel weird, right? Yes. So if, if the if the cup is too big, it can feel like we've all used this term. You're falling in, like you're yeah. playing, and like your lips are collapsing into the mouthpiece. Your face feels like it's collapsing into the mouthpiece, and or if it's too shallow, you play and the term bottoming out. Bottom if out. your lips touch the bottom of the cup while you're playing. Right. That mouthpiece is too shallow yeah. for you. If yeah. you feel like you go, and it's touching the bottom. So those two phrases, you want to find where that cup is also a comfortable place where your lips are free to vibrate and you're making a full and clear sound over the entire range of the horn. And in addition to the feel part of it, the sound part of it is, right? You can right. hear a student reaching. If a cup is too <laughs> deep, it, there's a delay. There's you, you lack immediacy in the sound, and then once they get it rolling, it just feels like it, it lacks control. They're reaching yeah. for it. And often sounds like a tube with no center on it. That's just like yeah, sound. Yeah, that empty, empty open, sound no core. is a real sign of no, uh, of it being too big. Of it's for hollow. You. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other hand, if you are someone bottoming out, you could just hear it. I mean, it just it'll just stop the vibration. Yeah. There was a you time uh, Roger Ingram and I were both playing with. Uh, mm -hmm in a Latin band in Miami for Teddy Millette, who was uh, one of the trombone players for the Miami Sound Machine. He started his own band. Right, right. Yeah. So we're playing, and, and Roger's like, I heard your mouthpiece is kind of funny. Let's switch. So we're at the beginning of this tune. Roger's playing lead. I'm playing second. We switch mouthpieces. And <laughs> I play stuff that, quote, unquote, for a lead player might be on the larger side. Like I play pretty fairly medium mouthpieces, right? And Roger yes. plays stuff with some really small cups, some stereotypically you know, small cup lead playing. So that I can't, I do not sound good on. So we start this tune, and I immediately go like, and no sound comes out. I bottom out immediately. And Roger starts with a, misses like a fifth low with no center on his sound. Teddy stops the band. We're immediately like switching back laughing like, oh, sorry, hold on, hold this, holy crap. So, you guys okay? Yeah, we're fine, we're fine. No, just go ahead and start that again. Everything's cool, no, everything's cool. Nothing everything's to cool. see here. <laughs> so we went back and started, we switched back. But neither well, of us can play the other mouthpiece. 
I the one of the last times I was in Peter's shop in in Lexington, he said, "Here, you should try this." And I think it was a mouthpiece he made for Roger. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I couldn't. Couldn't would do in anything. It. No, yeah. I couldn't even fit my lips in it. Yeah. yeah. And then Peter was like, he tried it, and you, he could just barely get it to like something to squeak out of it. And Roger can slam double D's on those things. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy. That's, that's the difference. Of, like that's yeah. where you want to find that. So that cup part is is cup also vital. Yeah. Cup part's the whole, and it is the whole sound thing. That's where you're going to, the way you interact with that cup is going to define the way you sound. Right. Fair enough? Like Totally. The, the elements of oh, your tone sure. quality yeah. are defined by that. But then when we get to the throat, right, the next part, this is, I think, maybe the most confusing part. Because when, when we were growing up, and even when Bill was growing up, what we always heard was, <laughs> well, you want a bigger sound, just open up that throat. Open up oh, the throat. Yeah, just open it, up, it. open it up, open it up, open it up, open it up which can work to a limited degree. Now, lead players especially what mm-hmm. the 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 old solu- the default solution when I was growing up is what you want is to get a really really as shallow a cup as you can play and then really open up that throat. Yeah, you balance now, it out. Because you do want to have a balance and there is something to that and lots and lots of lead yes. players do exactly that. Now, the mouthpiece that I found that worked for me when I was 16 years old happened to be something that had kind of a more C-ish cup, maybe more like a Bach D cup, but still like right. a real mm. cup in the mouthpiece, mm-hmm. but had an extremely small throat. So I didn't know this at the time. I just found a mouthpiece that worked for me. So yeah. the first person I asked about this to make a copy of this, because it was an unusual mouthpiece, was Terry Warburton, because I was down at Disney. And I met Terry. I'm like, well, could, you, could you copy this? He goes, sure, let me measure this. And he measured and went, you don't play on this. And I said, what are you talking about? Just play this for me. So I put it in, and I'm playing for him, and he's like, this doesn't make any sense. And he goes, I said, why? He goes, this this throat is way too small. And I oh. said, too small for one. And he says, well, lead players, you know, you guys open up your throat. And I said, right, but I have a real cup here. And he's like, yeah, that cup's too big. So, like, from a standard, <laughs> it, it, it didn't work. But here's the funny part in talking to, you know, so he made, he made me a copy, but the throat was, like, somewhere near, like, a 30, which... Those are literally drill bit sizes. Yeah. So, like, you know, kind of standard throats were somewhere like 24 to 27. And so this being up near 30, like when I talked to Bob Reeves about making me an office later, he's like, well, what are you looking at? And I said, well, can you make me something like this? Because I like Bob Reeves' rims. I like the way they feel and where they play. But the mouthpiece, the best stock piece I had from him, everything worked great up to high G. And above that, nothing. I couldn't center anything up there. And I said, can you make me something with a 30 throat? And he said, no. Yeah, oh, and, that, and I said, do but, it. but I'm like, this is what works for me. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. So wow. I found that kind of funny. Uh, and then, but when I talked to Fattis about this, John Fattis years ago, he's like, oh yeah, no, thirty hole, that's the way to go. Wow, <laughs> he'd been doing this for years. He figured yeah. this out decades ago. Right. It's just a lot of people don't really talk about it, you know. <laughs> and then even Roger, as he's gotten older and has made some different things, has been like, yeah, so. I find I needed just a tiny bit more cup. So what I did is kind of open that up, and then I just tightened up the throat. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting all this resonance out of your face, but then that's – so that's where you're compressing your sound. Is Don't that make it? me come over there. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to find the balance. But you do have to find that balance, and that's the important part. Do you remember uh, – how many times have you heard of this mouthpiece? Whatever the whatever cup size you want, one and a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go with that. One and a quarter – 24 24 yeah exactly 
that number system, which That's is the true. 20... 24 throat, 24 backbore. The symphonic yeah. backbore. The symphonic backbore. The symphonic right. backbore, which I think the stocks were coming out at that time as 27s mostly or 26s. Yep. And so that would open that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you can, now, it, But that's bigger and bigger. That's different from the Schmidt, right? Schmidt backbore? Do you yes. remember that now, terminology? I, I do. Now, the weird part, if I remember the Schmidt, it was somehow like a number seven, but it did not correspond to the size. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. That's Anything. where it all got messed up with like specific people wanting specific things. Right. Uh-huh. But this is where it can get crazy, too, because, I mean, Lasky's mouthpieces were beautiful. Right? Yes. Scott made but great mouthpieces. Scott yeah. made. But the... And double silver plated, I think, and a whole yeah. bunch of And for those of you who don't things. know, Scott Lasky was also the uh, primary instrument uh, mouthpiece guy at Chilke for a very, very long time. Yes. Then went out on his own, was not only making mouthpieces, was making horns. He started mm-hmm. by by essentially um, making, taking Bach trumpets and, according to him, taking them apart and putting them back the way that they were supposed to be have made in the first place, saying he had <laughs> sketches. And, and, right. and worked with a lot of people right. doing this. I made Scott yell at me once in a bar in, in Chicago where he was talking about this, and I said, so Scott, let me see if I got this straight. I'm going to give you my trumpet and a thousand bucks, and you're going to give me my trumpet back? And he started <laughs> yelling at me as everybody else started laughing, because I was obviously joking. Right. But we say was, because Scott passed away just a few years yes. ago. Yeah. Uh, but Scott made, he made he made great stuff. He did, so he started by doing that, and then he was actually making his own horns as well. Yeah, but I remember the numbering system just blowing my mind. You know, oh, his numbering it, system was insane. It was like you know sixty-eight <laughs> x y whatever. Like yeah. it was yeah. you know this crazy thing to try to wrap your head around. Yeah, you know? and that is the hard part. Is everybody has their own numbering systems. Mark Curry right. has his own numbering system. I just yeah. thought it was funny that when Monette came out with you know the brochures he had out in the nineties were Those just were pretty beautiful yeah. brochures. And there was one that was a mouthpiece guide. Right. You know, ring binder and the whole thing. Yep. And he's got all these different sizes. And ultimately was forced to put an equivalency chart in there with Bach numbers. <laughs> yeah. You know what yes. I mean? If you will remember the last time I was in your office, I said, you showed me that. And I said, yeah, go look up this mouthpiece. <laughs> it was the one I was playing for a short That's time. Right. It actually had me listed in there. Yeah. But yeah, because he had a, a mouth. He was now to be fair to be fair to, to Dave. Is that mm-hmm. he was trying to make this fairly clear? I'm going to have a one, a two, a three. Well, he's going to start mm-hmm. from there, and with some different letters after that to make very clear what he was doing. Right. But since there are so many out there now, he's like, yeah, it's kind of like a, and then would compare to a Bach mouthpiece right. and to give what, you some reference point. That's what we do. That that has been my argument for years that it's the gold standard. You know that that that's yeah. the. And that's it was just, way it was such things. the default for such a long time yeah. that it's still just like when you say yeah, still the three C. Mm-hmm. You know that you're implying that that's that's a Bach three C, and lots of instrument yeah. manufacturers for years used the exact same, so yeah. that it wasn't confusing. So it's like, well, yeah. you know, this is our version of a Bach three C. It's our three C, and maybe yeah. it wasn't exactly the same, but it was in the same ballpark. Yeah. Now you didn't actually design that mouthpiece; you just played it. I did not design that <laughs> mouthpiece. Okay. No. It's one of the few he didn't design. With all the stuff you've done, that's something you've really not done. (laughs) Just to be clear. You guys are the best. (laughs) All right, so we have talked rim, we've talked cup, we've talked throat, we haven't really talked backbore. Yes. And this is, again, I think kind of like the throat, a confusing part because it's a little bit, this might be the most mysterious function of the mouthpiece Mm -hmm. as you can't, you don't really see it. And the feel of it is similarly wrapped up in everything else yeah but the, the 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 shape of the backboard the opening from the throat to the end of the shank of the mouthpiece is unbelievably important in how your mouthpiece sounds 
projects and feels. Yeah. I I just went through a thing. Well, you guys were there. We were at NTC in Colorado, remember? Right. Mm-hmm. And I went to Peter about this. And, of course, I trust him all the time just by saying I, I don't. I don't try to talk mouthpiece anymore. I had a bad experience with this oh, years ago. We're, yes. <laughs> we're going to cover this in a second. Yeah. This is on my anyway, list for today. I, <laughs> I have learned with him, especially when Joey's around, to just talk <laughs> um, to just talk trumpet or to talk about my experience. So cool. I was really nervous because I, like, literally my low C and low D had a force field around them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was starting, I was like, something's wrong with my face. I was getting really nervous. So... I played for him. He goes, okay, try this. I played, and he goes, I said, that's worse. He goes, I know. (laughs) Yeah. He goes, but I just needed to be sure. Now try this. Bam. No problem. He had it. He knew. He knew what was going on. And And Go ahead. No, you were there. Let's talk about this, uh, about how to talk to people who make mouthpieces. Now, we are not people. The three of us are not people that t- make mouthpieces. We do not make trumpets. So if you try and talk to them in technical terms, nope. you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Right? So I've always had good relationships with, with all of these people, including Dave Monette, which lots of people have found to be difficult. Dave and I are friends, and I get along with him fine. And I have tried out his stuff for years, and yeah. here's what I do, and this is what I recommend that you do. Tell them what this feels like to you, and what you can and can't do on it. Not that the mouthpiece is unable to, but you are unable to on that mouthpiece. Mm. Right? So hey, like, yep. so Bill is going, okay, listen, this one feels okay, but I can't play a low C or a low D on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's going to be valuable information for a good mouthpiece maker. Oh, that's interesting. So it feels good, but can't do these things. All right. Now, to them, they're going to be able to transfer into... Okay, this might work better for you. Try this. This is going to be better or worse, like an eye exam. And you're like, well, that's a lot worse. <laughs> okay, that means this is probably going to be better here. Now try this. Yeah, but you want to talk in your terms, talk in your, from your area of expertise. You know, you need to be able to say, I can do this and I can't do this. I want to be able to do this. You know, one of the first times I was working with Carl Hammond, I, I went in with two different mouthpieces I'd been using for to play lead. I said, on this one, I love the sound and I'm really good up to high G. On this one, I'm nails up to double C, but it's kind of squirrely and I have a hard time with articulation. So he was like, really? Let me see that. And so I demonstrated for him. He's like, huh, cool, let's take a look. And then he went to work and went, try this, try this, try this, try this, try this, which yeah. got me to what I'm playing today. Right. Crazy good. But I'm not saying to him, you know what I want? Uh, uh, if you want to talk uh, on the inner diameter, I want you to just take no. off like three seventeenths <laughs> of a millimeter. No, 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 no. Here's what I can do. Here's what I want to be able to do. Can yeah. we do that? And then they can say, well, let's let's go. This is always right. fun. I mean, this has been a fun aspect of this for years. I remember being at ITG years ago trying mouthpieces with Phyllis Stork. Oh, yeah. Yes, of course. Donna Phyllis Stork. Yeah. And she was That's awesome with Stork this. mouthpieces right there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Who, and they, they are, I think John, anyway, used to work for Giardinelli. That's right. 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 They used to in be, New York. I mean, if I remember right, they were upstairs from Giardinelli. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and the they were days. just so beautiful people to talk to. It was always so much fun, but. You would just like play for her, and she'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, think about the, just try this, try this. Like, what are you doing? Nah, just try it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> because we're communicating. I'm speaking in one language. She's answering in another. Correct. But ultimately, we get to the point, and it's the same thing with Peter. Exactly. Yeah. But that's that's what you want. This is when the beginning of this cornet mouthpiece that Brian designed. The beginning oh of the God. development <laughs> of that. 
You remember, I was playing that thing. I did. A, I solo with the band at Westchester. We were at the Westchester Trumpet Festival. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, yeah, that's a trumpet mouthpiece. You're using a trumpet mouthpiece <laughs> on your cornet. And I'm like, Peter and I just started, had just started the conversation. So we were sitting at Timothy's that night. <laughs> Timothy's. <laughs> Timothy's. And I start in. Here's the thing. Uh, and it was right Joey, on, near. Now it's right down from room two nineteen, wasn't it? Yes, right. two, <laughs> it was. Get the quality in, yes. And <laughs> Joey and I have been in the same room every time we've stayed there. Every, in fact, I'm anticipating it for February. Yeah, we'll be yes. there next month. That's exactly we're yeah. in the same room. Anyway, I start talking to Peter. He's sitting right next to me. Joey's on my on my left. Peter's on my right. I see this hand come up, this paw come up in front of my face, and he goes, I'm going to need you to stop talking. <laughs> and he goes, Peter, let me tell you what he needs. And then I just lean back, and then this conversation ensued. And? And the result is the mouthpiece that we all play that's credited to Brian. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, which everybody should be playing. It's an amazing mouthpiece. It's a great mouthpiece. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. What did you tell him anyway? I don't even remember. Well, that was only the first part because then he did send some stuff to Brian. And Bri this was the second part. <laughs> yeah. Brian came to us and said, yeah, Peter sent him some stuff, but it's it's not working. Like, it doesn't work. And right. I'm like, what do you need? And this one, Brian looked at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, tell me what you need. And we were at a trumpet thing, and I went and found Peter. And I said, okay, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, sure. <laughs> I said, hey, the stuff you sent Brian isn't really working. Here's what he's looking for. And he's like, oh, I could do that. He wrote down a handful of things on a notepad. And a month later, Brian's like, okay, Peter sent us some new stuff. I got the whole section on him. They're great. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> now, to which I replied, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. welcome. <laughs> yes. That might have been the first, you're welcome. That might you're have been welcome. <laughs> um, yes. Now, did he write down numbers or words? I'm just curious. I think he was writing mostly words. Like, Because I, I wasn't, I won't speak in numbers. I don't know the numbers. But yeah. I was saying, here's what he's up against. He, but that's what I'm wondering. Like, yeah. like, you're speaking in words or sound. And he's writing down. But that's why you got to find really, really good people because yeah. there are people. Awesome. There are people in the industry that have that think they are designing scientifically the perfect horn and or mouthpiece based on numbers. Yes, this is the perfect mouthpiece for you. Mm -hmm. And 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 here's mm -hmm. the problem: like here's we're why. a whole yeah. we're a whole bunch of different people, and you want to find people that are. If you can find an expert in cornet playing, like Brian, and an expert in 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 mouthpiece making, like Peter and put them in the same room, it's going to be hard not to get something good out of that if they're communicating. If there's a translator. There's right. a translator. If there's you're, a Joey translator. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Right. But if you're essentially working one or the other, so if you get somebody who's an right. excellent player going, well, what I really need, and they think they know how to make a mouthpiece, and they get somebody to make exactly what they say they need, mm -hmm. that may or may not work. And on the same front, if you get a, a, a Horner mouthpiece maker that isn't working with a player and saying, well, right, but in the abstract, this is absolutely perfect. It's all perfect in the design, but nobody can really play it. Right. You have to be doing both of those things. You have to be coming from the player standpoint and from the, the manufacturer standpoint and put those two things together. Uh, just, again, just a quick review of the chronology here. I asked Peter to make cornet mouthpieces before Brian did. Brian correct. wasn't even part right. of this That's conversation. Right. That's, That's correct. correct. You're welcome for me. <laughs> so you're taking all the credit now. Yeah. And Perfect. my mouthpiece says Stominator Brit on it. Because the British British version that's what wasn't even on it. It wasn't yeah. even the thing yet. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, in broad terms, the rim 
is important because it it helps you with articulation and flexibility, finding the balance there. The and cup feels is, on your and face. The gen- and the and general feel. General you want feel. To feel good. And when people talk about bite, it's like sort of where the high spot on the rim is, how yeah, where it the, how it grips, where that rim meets the cup. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How that uh, how that interface works. Yeah. Does that feel sharp to you, or is it super soft? Then with the shilky mouthpieces, you're dealing with a double cup because the box really are a C shape, but the shilkies kind of go down and then go down again. A little bit. A yep. little bit of a yeah. extra V. Not, not as much as the Perduba, but yes. The yeah. Perduba double cup. Double yeah. cup. Those are awesome. Now, these cornet mouthpieces are really funnels, really what they are. Yes. Well, yeah, cornet mouthpiece, generally speaking, much like flugelhorn mouthpieces, when you're really looking for that kind of sound, you're going to have something that's much more V-shaped, yes. which gets you much more of a rounded sound. That's what you want. That's the right sound to come out of that instrument. Yes. Yeah. Now, some people like a V-shape on lead mouthpieces, and I I don't really play lead mouthpiece yeah. at all. There are people that like that, yeah. Yeah, they like that shallow V. I know Warburton makes an SV, a shallow V mm-hmm. cup. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been able to make that work. That shuts off. Yeah, that shuts off for me as well because it okay. comes in so fast from the side. Right. I end up like going, Puh! and I'm yeah. touching. <laughs> so, <Yes>. um, exactly. <laughs> as far as the throat goes, 27 anymore is kind of the standard number. That's where people start. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, where it is. that's a start. Yeah. All my stuff is 26. I just have them open it just a little bit just because I like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's and on, on, when I'm on the non-lead side, I'm usually around a 24, and on the lead side, I'm closer to a 30. Yeah, 30 is crazy. It is crazy, but it works. It's like a toothpick. It works. Like the diameter of a toothpick. You, yeah, it sort it of squeeze works. one through there, yeah. 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 Although sort the funny of. part is like when I have, been, I have more than once gotten to a place where I'm like, man, I... Not feeling so great. I mean, man, I should take a look, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm getting sick, or I need to practice more. And then I'll look inside my mouthpiece, go, or I should clean up my mouthpiece. And or like, clean oh, it. it's fine. <laughs> there's no daylight. <laughs> it's no daylight coming through. When you through can't at all. see through it, it's harder to yeah. play. Oh, for so. sure. <laughs> I've had that with yeah, students. Yeah, can we talk over about cleaning your mouthpiece on a regular basis? Especially yeah. what you're it's a great idea. I'm going to start Please that any time now. Yeah, <laughs> I've had that over the years. Like, man, this should be better by now. You know what? Let me see your mouthpiece. Uh oh. Let me see your lead pipe. We may have found a problem. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And then finally, the backboard thing is is I think Joe, like you said, it's the most mystery, mysterious part of the thing. Yeah. And having someone you can trust and talk to is the way to go with that. Right. For sure. All right, I think we've done good work here to muddy the waters even more. That's the goal. Everybody's more confused now. That's the idea. Absolutely, exactly. Boys, just go buy a signature mouthpiece. You'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Find someone you like the way they play, and just steal their mouthpiece from and them. And order their mouthpiece. Yes. In a seven, in somewhere in a seven range. Totally. That'll do well. All right, boys. Time for no offense. Look, not having all this mouthpiece information before today is okay. Who has time for all that? I mean, apparently we do. But seriously. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it. But if after today you still do nothing when confronted with a 7C, if you turn a blind eye to the non-approved mouthpiece sizes and types, if you refuse in the face of danger to not take that 7C from someone and explain how you just saved their life, well, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> now you know. And right? now there's no excuse because you can't say you didn't know. You right. listened to us. Now, now, you, now know. you know. Exactly. Now you know. You have a sense. And as Keith used to say to me at the end of every lesson, go forth and sin no more. <laughs> or like this, this is the difference between listening to us in the Matrix. We don't give you the choice. We just shove one pill down your throat, and now you know reality. <laughs> now that's it. <laughs> 
and yeah, we know it's a loose overview, but it kind of help maybe help you dial it in. Yeah, if, but, if you haven't really thought about it in that way, you should you should have that you should have a broad overview of how these things work. Yeah, it's good to be able to explain it to students, and it's good to be able to know what you're what you're listening for. If you hear yeah. someone struggling in these different ways, then you know maybe it's time for a change. Right. If somebody's playing really well, but they hit that brick wall, they're not doing better. Maybe it's time to look at that. Yeah. You know, they're just unable to do the things you want them to do. Could be time. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors and know your mouthpiece. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.